Still no intro. No, no. No intro. We we haven't bothered. Who needs one? That's right. <laughs> Suffice it to say, uh, we're here to talk about movies. Yes. Uh, so movies. We don't need no stinking intro. That are both old and new. Yes. Uh, <laughs> new and old. Although, nah, that, that pertains to today. Kind of. Kind I don't of. Know. More What's or less. classic anymore? I don't even know. I feel like that benchmark is The film changing. discussion group that I uh, am on on Discord is debate. They were debating the merits of Speed Racer today. Sure. And I was like, I remember having this conversation 15 years ago when it came out. Yeah. Well. And I realized, wow, I think you guys were in single digits. You were in grade school when The Matrix came out. So yep. I wonder what you even think about the Wachowskis. <laughs> Uh, I won't. I mean, their view could be totally different. I mean, absolutely. I'll, I'll I'll go to bat for the appeal of the Matrix just as a um, an action movie with more TM. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you could take somebody, yeah. a child born right now, wait, let's say seventeen years, just to keep it MPAA approved, sure, and then show them the Matrix, and they'll be like, "What are those?" phones and they have like a circle on the front of them with little circles inside the circle but other than that they'll think it's some sci-fi technology other than that <laughs> right i think the matrix will land i think fine right i think so yeah although i haven't watched it in a long time so <laughs> <laughs> you're not invited to the group um, wow do you want to talk about a word that you learned today what is a word that i learned oh well we've got a rockin pneumonia a boogie woogie flu and all of that Leads to the big boogaloo. <laughs> Not a fan. No, I hope the Not sound of helicopters uh, isn't too pervasive in this recording. Yeah, um, things are uh, pretty crazy. Speak up, up here. Things are pretty crazy up here right now, um, and uh, I don't know if they're gonna when they're gonna calm down, and it's very stressful. Um, At the risk of being wrong, uh, which is what every person who is brave enough to make a supposition uh, exposes themselves to, uh, I think we're seeing the end of this, right? You think? Well, we're going to see a a decline. I mean, the army's here. I know. Uh, There's a curfew in place. Yes. Um, Uh, The... uh, What else? Uh, Well, the... the, Natalie uh, Portman is getting ready to to whore herself. What? Uh, (laughs) I just tried to compare it to... Dystopias okay. of fiction. All right, because right, sure. um, um, it seems weird. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, who knows? The real problem now is that the reaction to uh, the death of uh, this guy George, George Floyd, Floyd. Yeah. is that uh, this is happening uh, everywhere now. Like it's uh, there are riots yeah. across the country, just like the end of V for Vendetta. Yeah, right. Which I have not seen the Don't. movie. I read the comic. Scratch it so. off your list. <laughs> don't. Will I need to scratch my eyeballs out if I ever see it? I don't know. I walked out. Did you really? So I don't. I don't really even know. Well. I got a great story about that. Okay. Uh, some other time. Um, right. Yeah. So, oh boy. Yeah, yeah. Pretty scratchy. It's pretty scratchy. It's pretty scratchy. I don't know, man. I didn't finish it. Okay. I'm just trying to loop back to my point, which I forgot. Um. No, you can't help me. Um, People so, are taking advantage of the situation. 
Yeah. Oh, we're back to Boogaloo. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah, that's where I was going, anyways. Yeah. Um, right wing nut jobs aren't in Montana anymore. They're yeah. everywhere, or at least they're willing to be mobile. And so you've yeah. got a lot of people who, first of all, let me say categorically, I don't condemn any of the destruction of property. Sorry, I don't. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. And I also don't exonerate anybody from legal ramifications. I feel like, say what you will, uh, love him or hate him, I feel like Governor Waltz did a pretty good job of walking that line in the press conference uh, this morning, right? I think so. Where he basically said the same thing, and he has to be the bad guy, you know? Yeah, right. I think the day before, he was like, look, let's just Pull let's just back, back up out yeah. of the way. And then it's like, and today it's like, the National Guard is here. Right. So, you know, fun is fun. But we need to have this. But at the same time, he's like, I understand the emotions. People have the right to express them. But we're going to have people who are going to try to – we're going to have a curfew and you need to get off the streets. Right. And that's just the way it is. Right. I'm elected to be the bad guy here. Right. Or good guy, depending on how you look at it. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, I um, – you know, hopefully that will, will all be over with. I, I hope And so. my supposition going way back to the first parenthetical – is that, um, yeah, I think with the curfew and with especially the announcement of the arrest and um, upcoming indictment of the officer involved, or at least the primary officer involved. Yeah, right. But all we know is he was the guy in that video. Now, notice that yeah, video yeah, yeah, came yeah. from somebody's b- Pixel 3. It's their cell phone. Not from yeah. a body cam. Yes. Which, why do we even have these things? I know. They should just. Is this a political show? That's I immediately the the follow up was not a political show. But is this a political show? This is a new show. Uh, I didn't think it was a political show. Um, Can you talk about art and not be political? Difficult sometimes. A lot of the times, difficult. What's the least that? political art there is? And let's. Just, I guess we'll just keep it to cinema because it was a cinema show. The least political art there is a musical. Veggie Tales. <laughs> same thing okay yeah right right <laughs> but you go oh but it's it's you know it's a christian or it's got an ecclesiastical uh base or whatever yeah but they don't really that's not really political though is it it's church without being preachy yeah <laughs> go right, figure right um because even the transformers movies are you know or like michael bay's like yeah this is Benghazi, huh? Huh? Right. What are right. you doing? Aren't you the guy that makes <laughs> Ninja Turtle movies? Blow up? Yeah. Like, what is happening here? So I guess I'd say VeggieTales. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd say a musical? Yes. Which one? Uh, Grease. It's not very political. It's 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 sex positive. Well, yeah. Okay, I'll give you I that much. I can see much. some people watching it and going, "These high schoolers are uh, too randy." Okay, wow. Well, let's try to find a musical that is uh, not political at all. Um, well, I don't think "Singing in the Rain" is that political. To take it back to something we just recently watched, I mean, there's kind of like entertainment politics in it so i don't know yeah that's the same thing yeah okay fine okay that's a political of one mm-hmm. we're trying to reach political zero okay and without wasting too much time doing it um hello dolly sure right sure 
I don't remember Hello Dolly that well. Really? I've, I've seen it like once. There's some um, guy. There, there's some guys, and they want to go to, to town. They want to put on their Sunday clothes, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know Dolly's hanging out. Seven and, brides uh, for seven brothers. Okay. Oh wow, you're taking it. <laughs> paint your paint your wagon. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> definitely not sound of music because that's political. Um, <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. Um, oh wow, what is it called? Uh, 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 the sharks and the jets. That's definitely political. Well, it depends on what we're talking about. When we talk about politics. Yeah. What do we talk about? When we talk about politics. Right. Because um, like Sunset Boulevard is not political, but it, it's it could be the politics of. Hollywood screenwriting of Hollywood stars and directors mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so I mean I can like I got a truckload of sophistry coming I in guess here. I guess like, I don't remember I can make it, whatever you want. it super well but what about like yeah, um, this is the last one. what about Oklahoma <laughs> I don't remember it at all okay what's all right. what's the core what's the problem in Oklahoma I can't remember what the core problem is I think they're like they're establishing Oklahoma as a state I think I think that's what it is then that is 100% political oh, you I might suppose, as well have said huh? Hamilton I guess <laughs> <laughs> wow okay all right um hmm, this is harder than I thought rapping and creating our country and yeah yeah. Declaring independence and rapping. Uh, yeah, exactly. Can't wait for that so, to come out. Let's talk about the movies that we watched for this show, though. Yeah, it's let's dead. do it. Uh, I think I lost the draw, so I get to go first. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you lost. I thought you won. No. Well, it depends on it depends on your preference. <laughs> uh, I picked the 1986 uh, Andrei Tarkovsky film, The Sacrifice. Yes, you did. His last film. His third, oh, it was his last film. He died the same year it was released. Oh, no. Um, How his, did he die? cancer oh that stinks want the longer answer yeah a smoke you know lifelong smoker and also him and much many of the crew who worked on stalker all died of cancer oh because they were they were in the the... wallowing around in a in a chemical plant or like in the uh, downstream of a chemical plant right okay uh it killed his uh his favorite actor who's in all those movies until he died in 82 and um yeah well that makes it even more bittersweet that he like dedicates it to his son at the end who was born that year oh my gosh that's heartbreaking yeah that's so heartbreaking um it is uh i think he died after it was completed he might have died before it was released wow um it won the grand prix at uh con uh like solaris did in 72 uh, although you know it's his last, the master's last film. Right. Uh, it was his third of three films uh, after he left uh, the USSR. Okay. Which is why this is shot in Sweden and is kind of a Swedish, French, sort of Russian production. Okay. Um, would you want to tell us what happens? <laughs> now. <laughs> can't see I my gotcha. face. I gotcha. Cause I can. Because uh, uh, either we're either going to, you're, you're literally going to have to break it down, you know, we open exterior, uh, beachside, <laughs> or you're gonna have to give me like, and then that, and then I don't know. So let's let's see, let's watch. Oh jeez, uh, we open on no <laughs> exterior. Day. Yeah, right. So uh, is his name Alexander or Mister Alexander? Maybe his name is Alexander, and they just call him Mister Alexander. All we get know. is Alexander. Okay, so Alexander is the protagonist of the story. 
and it happens to be his birthday and uh he we don't really know where he lives specifically we don't really know when he lives specific well it says 1985 yeah but he lives in the 80s in but Sweden. i feel like looking at their clothes and other things throughout this film you wouldn't know that without them saying what the year was they have a Volvo. They, ha- I, I know they, they, they have a Volvo. They have a TV, but I, I still feel like like their clothes look really old timey, and they have like a lot of gas lamps and stuff like that, and maybe they just like a lot of antiques and stuff like that. I don't know. They have the the trappings of of the the rich and reclusive. Yeah. Uh. So so they're all going to celebrate his birthday. Uh. There is some sort of announcement, news announcement that comes across on the TV. We don't really know what it is exactly, but everybody is pretty upset afterwards. And the entire mood of the film gets really gloomy. Um, and it, it goes real Russian play. Yeah. 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 Um, although... We see a gun, but nobody dies. So that's like, how is that anti Chekhov's gun? I don't know. Hey, he's from Russia. He I knows know. what he's doing. I know. <laughs> um, so um, a lot of things, well, do a lot of things happen? Things get said. Uh, his friend Otto tells him that this one of his servants is is a witch and he needs to sleep with her. And if he sleeps with her and he makes a wish, all of this will go away, whatever this horrible thing is and wow the stalker only had a room <laughs> right this guy gets to have sex with the witch yeah right uh so he's like thinking his friend is crazy but he goes and he does it and then uh he comes he somehow ends up back at his house and is acting real squirrely and <laughs> um <laughs> And they then were he, gonna call this the squirrel, right? Like the sacrifice. Yeah, right. Better. Um, and then his family all goes out on a walk, and he decides he's gonna set the house on fire. And then the film kind of ends, uh, and people come and take him away. Uh huh. And mm-hmm. uh-huh. that that is it. Um, vis a vis the Ocean Walker, did we like this film? <laughs> I liked it. Oh my god! Um, you gotta say you like it. Wow! No, or people will think you're stupid. <laughs> I like it. I don't know. I feel like I'm still processing this film. Um, Process faster. Okay. Well, I mean, it's it's beautifully shot, and uh, there there's mood all over this thing. Mm, um, don't say that. Oh, okay. All right. No. Whoa. Sorry. Well, maybe you're right. Um, I didn't love it. I thought it, I, I I thought it was okay. Um, but I, I I didn't love it. I think I enjoy Stalker way more than this. Yeah, I don't um like it as much as Stalker. Um, but I don't dislike it. I um, it's interesting because it does it has so much. It has so many things that are okay. I consider Tarkovsky, Tarkovsky to be one of my favorite filmmakers. Yeah, and I've only seen like 
half of his films. Okay. And it's not really like access at this point. Like you can pretty much get them all sure. Criterion or somewhere, but they're almost like um I don't I don't want to watch them cuz once oh, I've watched them then then they're done. I will have watched them. Right. You're but, trying to to savor them and then do you even it's savor like the, I got this little piece of chocolate and like right. do I eat the chocolate? Which is dumb because I've watched, I've seen Stalker a million times and I and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't although, love it any less watching well, it more. <laughs> th- no, now that I, <laughs> now that the same tension and the uh, same uh, anticipation isn't there, I'll admit it's a little long. <laughs> uh, Tarkovsky well, never met a five minute dolly shot he didn't like. I was gonna say, don't his films tend to be ponderous on, on the long side? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and I feel like the emotional payoff is is more in Stalker than it is in this film. And there, this yes. film has the detachment. It does remind me a lot of a Russian play. Um, yeah. Dostoevsky is uh, is referenced uh, specifically in uh, in the thing. This also um, uh, Chekhov. You, you mentioned before it does mm-hmm. come to mind. You know, mm-hmm. it does feel well. It is absurdist in some areas. And in the way that you kind of set everybody up, oh, we're just having a good time in like the first act of a Russian play, and the second act things go wrong, and the third act everybody is just frazzled and they're uh, despairing. Yeah. Um, but yet you feel like this build up. The first 45 minutes of this until the jets come, it's just like, all right, tell us more, old Fox Mulder, about your weird <laughs> stories. Like, I'm not really sure how that all ties in, unless it's to. There are religious themes in this, but not. Yeah. You know, there is no, like, God isn't in this movie, necessarily. It's just more like how we view and feel about religion. And so for this guy to have these weird stories, is that also a fascination of um, humanity's obsession with the supernatural or powers above us, you know, Mm -hmm, in this, you know, beyond belief fact or fiction about uh, the ghost of a boy who appears in a photograph with his mother 20 years later? Right, right, right. It's not true. False. We made this one up. So, but yeah, but it, it to me it reminded me of that, and I thought like with all this sort of religious talk, this it's a parable, and I think Tarkovsky mm-hmm. have said that he wanted to to resemble a parable in some way, and for me this is a reverse Job or okay. Gob. Okay, wow. <laughs> That's where we're two for two on the Arrested Development references. Yes, we are. Um, uh, and it's uh. You know, it's like Job goes through this trial where all of his stuff is taken away and he remains faithful to the Lord and he gets all his stuff back. And in this, this guy has all this stuff and doesn't really care about God and, and you know, is mm-hmm. full of sophistry and, and he's very bitter about humanity. Um, even though he's had his son, he says that it's changed him, but we don't know if it is. And yet he's surrounded right. by literal iconography. You know, his friend gives him this book of Russian icons and, and um, yeah. Orthodox art and stuff like that. And then this crisis happens and suddenly he turns to God and he has a whole speech about how like right. um, anybody who doesn't believe in God has never known despair or something like that. And then once he, in a sequence that I think we, seeing the end of the movie didn't happen, right? That's all a dream. The end sequence? You think that God really turned back time? Because clearly, at the end of the movie, the apocalypse or whatever hasn't happened. Right, right. But didn't he just get drunk and fall asleep on the couch? It's unclear to me. I think we, it's pretty clear. We start out, yeah. So so the end of my thing is, at the end, God does what he asks God to do. And in payment, he has to get rid of all of his shit. It's, that's the sacrifice. I see. And... He he talks at the beginning of the film. Because he when told God that's what he would do. Yeah. When he, right. At the beginning of the film, 
when he's but he doesn't kill his kid though. <laughs> he says he he he'd be willing to do that, but maybe his stuff is enough. Um, although if he the kid wasn't there though, and he had the gun, maybe he would have maybe he would have jobed or not jobed it. Um, Isaac did. Mm, maybe. You don't know. This is so great. Why are you looking at me expectantly? You don't know any you Bible know, stuff. You know the answer. Well, I just explained the parable of Job. Uh, uh, no, no. Uh, yeah, Abra- God tells Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, and he goes through with it up until the point where he's about to kill Isaac, and God's like, whoa, no, 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 no. <laughs> hey, good job. You're in. You're in the club. We're just, I'm just hazing you. Uh, and he's out of there. So that's fine. Um, so maybe it's that something else that well, at the beginning of the movie, he's got this speech about, um, about ritual, you know, and about, yes. um, doing something over and over again or doing something, uh, and, and having, you know, having a result and that either through some force of nature or God or whatever, it, it working some kind of change in effect. So it sort of, it sets us up for that. It also, yeah. I liked how I'm all over the map here. Um, I liked how the movie ended, how it began. Because it focuses yes. on uh, this, you know, print of uh, the Adoration of the Magi by Da Vinci. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at, you know, the Christ child. And <laughs> again, never met a pan he didn't like either. Right. We pan up this painting up into the like the eaves of this tree. And at the end of the film, the house is burned down. Alexander is off to the loony hatch, yes. supposedly. Right. And the boy is there. And then the boy, uh, you know... Has, speaks his only line, you know, in, in the beginning was the word or whatever. Right. And and it pans up a tree into, you know, the bare eaves, but eaves that will um, eventually, blossom. eventually blossom. Right. You know. Right. I thought it was significant that he was an actor because in, mm-hmm. if this movie has a three-act structure, I think that he is um, sort of Hamlet-y or at least... He's in the Hamlet class of characters, Shakespeare characters, mm-hmm. in that he's he's very self-referentially um, talking about, you know, words, 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 and right. how stale, flat, and unprofitable seems, you know, all the uses of this world sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then in the middle, I'm, I'm just spitballing here, but in the middle, he's kind of the idiot. He's kind of Dostoevsky's idiot yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, in that, that he's he's just sort of buffeted by all these people and their stuff, and he's trying to be like a good the good guy and everything, and he's kind of being tested. And at the end, he's Lear, or he's any one of Shakespeare's right. crazy characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're literally chasing him like across the the, the flats or whatever. Yeah, no, I could all, I could marsh. see all of that. Yeah. Um. And also, they set up eternal recurrence, you know, very early in the film. And we have a you know literal recurrence, and like we mentioned before, the the child with the tree, and sort of yeah. Like the... And I liked that the kid, having listened to his dad's story, was like watering the tree. I thought that was a nice touch, and he had gotten up like early specifically to do that. Yeah. So, what do you think about him making the house in miniature, or was that real? Yeah, um, how much of the movie was actually real? I so I know. think the cinematography gives it away because they I also read that they did a lot of they stripped a lot of color out of it. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of it was a lot of it is literally in black and white, right, right, right. But a lot of the the nighttime scenes and the and the in the middle part of the movie is you know just all totally washed out, mm-hmm. and then 
like the opposite of Stalker, where it starts off washed out, and then the zone is this beautiful, colorful place mm-hmm. that's overgrown with nature. Also themes in this movie about the despoiling of nature. He tells that yes. story about um, cleaning out the garden, you know, the overweeded garden. Shakespeare reference, uh-huh. uh, Hamlet reference that his mother always looked at. And then once he was done cleaning and he's like, well, I just messed it all up. Like it was beautiful in its disarray. Right. Um, so, yeah, once as soon as he wakes up from the quote unquote dream where he's uh, having sex with uh, Zool floating Whoa, above the bed. I know. right? <laughs> suddenly it's we're back to bright color again. Yeah. So. Yeah. OK. So, you know what? I'm, I'm good. You're I got good. It. You're yeah, good? this is like this is like uh, Mulholland Falls. You know, you watch it the first time, you're like, huh? and then you like watch, you know, one YouTube video. It's like, no, I get, I get it. It's fine. <laughs> but I thought that like his wife, like they purposely, and to some extent, his daughters as well. Like her costume was like very like. Uh, it seemed like old timey and like 20s, the way her hair was of, done up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. And even, like, the the maid was, like, wearing, like, a maid outfit. Like, why are you wearing a maid outfit? It's you don't know 80s. what they do in Sweden. Yeah. You don't know how okay. they get down. All right. Fair. Um, um, Tarkovsky has, I got a lot, I got a big, like, Bergman vibe off of this. I mean, especially if it's literally in Sweden. Mm-hmm. And um, Tarkovsky has always said, I think they asked him, like, the first time he won the Palm d'Or or the Grand Prix or whatever, he said, like, the only people, the only person that I care about, there's only two people in the world who I care about their opinions in my films, and that's Brasson and Bergman. Okay, wow. And it's like, whoa, did you, you know, tilt your, uh, you know, uh, tip your beret and uh, flick your uh, cigarette out and just like, like, um, um, Dirk Diggler at the uh, right. <laughs> 1977 awards. Right, right, right. Thank you. <laughs> Before he's just talking about he's gonna keep rocking. Yeah, right, right. This is really like uh, the speech to just really motivate people and really get them going. And then he's just like, "Thanks, thank you, thank you." Um, yeah, I mean. He definitely likes his his long shots and like 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 nature. There's, I mean, there's like definitely a lot of nature in in this. Um, and does I, he command actors to look down the barrel or? Probably. <laughs> does, he, does he just say wing it? Yeah. Well. But maybe. at some point, look right in the camera mm-hmm. just for fun. Well, I thought like you mentioned before that it it, it felt very much like a, a a Russian play and. I, I really got that with the um, with the characters and their relationships with each other. Like at one point, his wife says, "I've loved one man and I married another." Yeah, and, and like it's not you, right? And the man that she loves is obviously Victor, the yeah. doctor. So like everybody is here. This entire world is here. It's all of these characters, and they all have these different. Yeah, they talk about Australia, but Australia doesn't even exist, as far as we know. Right, it's like this is the world entire, like these five, six characters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, maybe uh, maybe Otto falling down was the piano string breaking or something like that. We what never was get. Going on with I don't that? know. I don't know. It it was just kind of like what what is happening, and then like. There was like this character moment where like his pocket watch had went gone around his neck, like, and I wasn't. No, I don't think uh, that actually meant anything. But all of these takes are literally as long as right. they've got film, so they're like six minutes, you know, or, or so long. So maybe the actor's prop just went over there, and yeah, it was maybe. just business. Yeah, there's a part where um, 
the, you know, the wife tries to burn the note that, that he wrote that tells them like, Oh, go for a walk without me mm-hmm. to get him out of the house. And she tries like 10 times to flick the lighter and they're outside you know, yeah. in the middle of the morning, like it's it's probably going to fit, and it does. It fails, and she crumples it up and throws it, which I think was like a save because she knows Tarkovsky's not going to stop this six minute long take. <laughs> and the line that she gives after that is like, you know, you take the ashes and you drink them up and you blah blah whatever. Um, and then the, you know later on when he tries to light the tablecloth, yes. which by the way, light the tablecloth. Under, under that's on the table yeah. the flames will creep up more right. and catch the wicker anyway he fails the first time yes which is maybe i don't know i suppose you could orchestrate that it also shows his determination to do it you know do it no matter what mm. but that was probably like that one just didn't work you know it's right. a linen tablecloth that's probably treated it's not supposed to <laughs> go up that like, like that so it takes a little bit to get going and yeah, I mean that. I think that all. Fit. Well, and then it, the the business of him starting the fire, there was just a lot of attention paid to that. He had to clear the entire table and then stack all the chairs. But I thought it was interesting, and maybe it was a callback to his garden thing before. But he like specifically took the flowers off the table and was like flowers, you know, and like you know, like even though this whole place is going to go up in flames, you're going to go right here. You yeah. know, and then he makes the choice to go upstairs, turn his Japanese music back on. Yeah. You're up, Zamfir. Let's hear it. And then just kind of, he just kind of sits, he just kind of stands upstairs and listens to the fire and the music for a while. And then he decides, oh, maybe I should get out of here. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just, it, it's interesting. You know, it's, it's like. I mean, I guess you understand why he's doing it, but you're, you're like, at the same time, it's like, here, here's a man that maybe people would look at him and say that he's crazy, but he's, he's being very methodical about things. He's not being, I, his, his, his actions aren't, um, uh, impulsive, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, I guess I'd agree. I mean, I think people who are distracted can also be methodical but okay, sure i um, guess but yeah he is they seem like somewhat deliberate choices um i guess um i like that his <laughs> like the checkout's gun he's like i'll shoot myself if you don't sleep with me Which right like, oh, i haven't tried that one um <laughs> i'm trying to think of what else well, yeah i just uh, i'm going back to way at the beginning of this when i talked about tension i just like in something like stalker i feel tension because You've got three characters who all want something from where they're going. Yeah. We're told that this is an incredibly dangerous place. And they do a fairly good job of selling that it is with no special effects or or anything, really. You know, Mm -hmm. we're just told that it's dangerous. And so we get to see the sort of completion of three separate arcs. This doesn't quite get rolling quick enough. And there's not really enough at stake, much like in a Russian play where some of the characters are kind of superfluous sure. and they're there to just be weird and eat a carrot or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we don't, I don't know. It doesn't, I don't think it pays off um, quite the same. And speaking of paying off and speaking of fire, mm-hmm. how about that burning house shot? Huh? Uh, why, well, I think you said while we were watching it, we, we paid for it. We're going to shoot. <laughs> well, I think the audience pays for it. Yeah. Two hours to get to the burning house shot, yeah. which is unbelievable. They, 
set it all up. They set it on fire. Yeah. And and then they shot it. And the camera jammed, and they <gasps> lost all the footage. Nothing. You're kidding. House burned down because it's all timed. So they're like, now and Tarkovsky, Tarkovsky, <laughs> Tarkovsky is so interesting as a filmmaker because. He talks about, you know, you can read his notes or his own, like, writings on his films. And he starts off with one thing and ends up with something completely different. Like, he had no idea where he was going. Mm. Um, you know, he really is just... But yet he's so meticulous. I know, I was going to compare him to Jackson Pollock. Mm-hmm. But I guess Jackson Pollock, again, a, a person who seems distracted can be really meticulous. Right. Uh, and there's a, and like things go wrong, you know. They shot half of Stalker, and uh, the film was all uh, developed wrong, so they had to scrap the entire thing. Wow. And anyway, um, the only mistake that they had on this film, I guess, was botching shooting the burning house. So over the course of two weeks, they had to rebuild the entire house, <gasps> and then shoot it again. This time, they shot it with two cameras, and they went in the film. You can tell that they're milking it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know he keeps sort of running back and forth, and he runs to Maria and runs back. We, yeah, we keep right, getting right, to right. see the house without yes. the camera just focusing on the house. And then I think maybe they had some more time left because at the last part, then um, uh, Adelaide, you know, kind of goes up to the house like little house, and all mm-hmm. the people are like, "Oh, come around her." And as they do that, the house collapses. Yeah. And then three seconds after the house collapses, they cut to Maria on the bicycle, and the yeah. reason is. They ran out of film right then. Whoa. They literally got the collapse of the house with seconds to spare. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That sucks that they lost the film the first time and had to read. Yeah. You but. know, another uh, Tarkovsky film ends with a burning house, and that's The Mirror. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, does he like burning houses or something? <laughs> Getting rid of material things? Uh, is that a... Maybe he had a house fire when yeah, he was a kid? I don't know. Uh, another Tarkovsky movie ends with a weird kid. <laughs> Stalker. Well, yeah, yeah, I remember that ending. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, he just, uh, yeah, he's got his themes. He's got his things that he likes to go to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, would you would you recommend it to people? Of course. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would too. I think it's 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 worth a watch. Um, worth a watch. Yeah. The worth a watch. Seal of approval That's from Mika right. Nana. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you want to talk about your film yeah uh so two foreign films this time yeah uh, i don't know if we planned it that way or it just kind of happened uh so my film is a uh pan's labyrinth um and i know you were not too happy about me Why choosing start with this that film. <laughs> i don't know wow <laughs> here comes the number six and i'm well, going right under it i'm sorry I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Um, no, I think uh, get, finish introducing Pan's Labyrinth and we'll talk about my hatred of Guillermo del Toro. Okay. All right. Um, so I wanted to see this. Um, I think because, and I guess this has bit me in the butt before, even on this show, <laughs> um, but I, I, I like uh, movies that are about fantasy. I, I like fantasy elements in films. And, you know, I just kept seeing, you know, things from this film and it just looked so iconic. And um, I don't know if part of like, you know, it was going we we did go to the Guillermo del Toro um, exhibit that was uh, going across the country to different uh, art museums. Yeah, movie. 
I, I know, uh, which I did think that that was really cool. Um, but I, I just, I, 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 I was curious about it. The idea of it kind of being like a fairy tale and, and I, um, really wanted to see it. So that's, that's why I picked it. That's why it was on my list. Um, and it's my little kid. Um, <laughs> that's, that's not why I picked it. Little, little kid. <laughs> it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it came out in 2006 it stars uh, Ivana Becquero, possibly in her first film. I'm not really sure. Mm. Um, also, Sergi Lopez, Maribel Verdu, and Doug Jones. It was Doug I Jones. I work for Doug Jones. Uh, yes. What, can, what is Doug Jones' background? Like, does he... Clowning. Mac Tonight. But he he's... where? What is his ancestral background? American. Oh, okay. So does he speak Spanish, then? Phonetic. Phonetic? Did it all phonetically. Yeah, he's from Indiana. Really? Yeah. Okay, so like he just he just learned the, the phonetics of it, and that's how he learned his lines. Well, he's dubbed. Oh. But to make the mouth oh, oh, match, oh. he had okay. to learn the phonetic lines. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, he... Well, I don't know. Maybe he took Spanish in high school. I don't know. Uh, I, honestly, he was probably one of the better parts of the film. <sighs> his character, though. Yeah. We'll get into it. We'll get to it. Uh, I'll tell you what happens in this film. Uh, mm-hmm. This film opens in Spain in 1944, which mm-hmm. means that we're several years after the Spanish Civil War, and the uh, Franco is in power, mm-hmm. the fascist dictator Franco. Yeah. So that means that we've got, I don't know why these guys are out in the woods in the middle of nowhere, uh, but we've got a bunch of fascist troops um, led by um, Captain Vidal, or Vidal and yeah. he is... Um, he's he he lives out in the middle of the woods. Yep. And he's got a bunch of men, and his he's bringing his pregnant wife yes. uh, to be with him and her daughter from a previous relationship, previous marriage. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, who is um, Ophelia? Yes. And uh, we've got a bunch of maquis, a bunch of uh, uh, rebel guerrilla rebels yes. uh, hanging out in the woods. Mm-hmm. And um, as the so so uh, the Francoists are here to hunt them down, obviously, Um, while this is all going on, uh, Ophelia is, you know, getting in trouble around the estate. She finds um, the titular labyrinth. Yes. Uh, She loves fairy tales. And she finds this labyrinth and she goes in and she meets the fawn. Yeah. Played by Doug Jones. The fawn tells her that she is a princess, you know, a fairy princess. She just doesn't remember and to get back into fairy world, she's got to do some tasks for him. Yes. And so she does these tasks, which are very strange and seem, as she goes on, more kind of self-serving to the fawn. Uh, we're not exactly yes. sure why he's asking her to do this stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, in the quote-unquote real world, uh, the story progresses. Uh, we find out that, I'm going to have trouble with this uh, character's name, but the Maribel Verdu character. Mercedes? Mercedes, yes, yeah. uh, or Mercedes, right? Spain, right? Uh, is uh, is uh, the the maid or, or the maid of the house yes. for um, Vidal? But she is secretly a, a revolutionary as well, mm-hmm. and she's helping um, Pablo and uh, all the guerrillas by being the inside woman. Here. Yeah, her brother is one of the rebels. So yeah. various um, lumps of shit hit various fans, yeah. uh, and eventually the she gives the rebels a key to the storehouse where they're keeping all the supplies. Yeah. Um, that tips off their, or, uh, Vidal that something's going on. Um, he's got an inside person. He tortures uh, one of the rebels to death. 
uh, he eventually um, exposes um, Mercedes yes. uh, and is ready to torture her. But she <laughs> she gives him a, a, a glass wig and a smile yeah. uh, and escapes into the forest where the rebels save her and kill a bunch of the troops. And at this point, uh, Vidal is um, he's having trouble keeping his house together here. Yep. Uh, he locks Ophelia up in the attic, but she escapes. Um, we don't know how, but if magic is real, using a piece yeah. of chalk. Mm-hmm. And she gets her brother. She's trying to spirit the brother away. He chases her into the labyrinth. Uh, shining style right and he uh shoots her to death basically and reclaims the baby but as he leaves the labyrinth he's met by mercedes and (laughs) and all the rebels and they're like we'll take that baby and you're going to hell and then you're dead Mm -hmm. so everybody dies uh but at the very end uh not mercedes ophelia wakes up in fairy world where a uh, fairy queen looks like her mom and just some other dude who's probably a famous Spanish actor. Probably. Uh, like, good job, you did it. And the fawn's like, you did it. Yeah. I was, I was, me creeping you out was part of the test. Right, right. <laughs> I know. And you'll be in fairyland forever. Yay. The end. Right. Or is it? You know why I don't like fairy, <laughs> I don't, you know why I don't, don't like fantasy movies? Why? Nothing makes sense and nothing matters. They're probably at their best yeah. when they're when they're allegorical, like this kind of is. It is, but I don't, I don't care. I don't know. What, I don't care. Mm. Is my heart and soul dead? No, I just don't. I just I don't care. I try to think about fantasy movies that matter to me, and it's you know something like the Lord of the Rings does yeah, matter to me right, mostly right, because right. I loved those books before they were ever. Well, I guess I couldn't read when the Rankin Bass <laughs> ones came out, but um, actually, no, I could. I just couldn't read those. Uh, but it, but that seems more real to me. There's a politics to that world. There's like real yeah. drama and stakes to that world. Yeah, great. And it isn't just feed some, some rocks to a frog who will turn into a blob of goo that has a key that I need. And it's just, it just seems like jerking off to me. Well, it's well, it's well done. The yeah. special effects are great. The special effects are great. And it great. looks great. And, and, and if you tell me we'll just enjoy that, I go, but that's not, I can get special effects from video I know, games. I know, I know. And I think. I can wave my hand in front of my face. Yeah. See, what, see what I'm doing? Yeah. And it seems like I have 11 fingers. Right, right, right. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything, I, I, though. I think that that's something that Gamal Dratoral does that's well. That's all he does. Yeah. That's all he does. He should just create worlds and, and then let other people write the story. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Yeah. I've said that uh, he has an amazing, uh, amazing. He has an amazing imagination, and right. he's, you know, his drawings and his designs are fantastic. But then when they coalesce into Hellboy Two, the Golden Army, who cares? Well, so I was thinking about this, and Were you? And, and and like I feel like this story. So she reads a lot of fairy tale books, and we set that up right away. And, and this is set up very similarly to a fairy tale, like. You were a princess. You just don't remember. He, these are some tasks that you have to do. There are three of them. Right. But the script you know? isn't the script and the story don't hold up or at least don't make important enough the, the escape that this is. Mm-hmm. We, we get we can we are told not shown that her life sucks because even though she doesn't understand what's going on, she doesn't like her new, her stepfather. No. He doesn't like the, <laughs> the stepfather. No. He tries to, he cuts his own throat in the mirror, uh, which is, I thought was the most like telling and, and impressive, like uh, emotional beat of the film, but that's all we've got. And mm-hmm. it's so many, okay, back up. We'll get back to that. 
Um, so if this is an escape for her, right? I want to see her. You know, be it makes more sense if she's abused. It makes more sense yeah. if there is something that she needs to run from instead. And this is a really great young actress. Like she did a great when, job. When she's yeah. given stuff to do. Yeah, but as the movie opens, she's just like, "Oh, a big bug is that a fairy?" Oh, blah, blah, blah. and there's it just she's just sort of wandering off, and we don't get the sense that that this is an important escape for her. If you're doing this, if you're doing a fun fairy times, but then also um, there's like serious real world uh, wars and right. guys getting their noses beat in with wine bottles, right? Then. Let's see why she needs to escape from that. Do you right. know what I mean? Right. Like, I think I think she... Labyrinth does it better than this oh, film does. For sure. And there's a, it's only at the beginning we get that like her you know hairsprayed mom uh, doesn't her stepmom doesn't get along with her, and yeah, so she right. goes to her room and like we get it. Let's okay. Let's see her now. You know, go through a fantasy world where all the monsters are her dolls. Right. And, you know, we get it. Yeah, exactly. And this is like, this is just like a, to me, it's like a bunch of skits that are all just put together that were like interesting ideas or or interesting, you know, short, grim fairy tales that we had. Yeah. There was a, 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 a eyeless king, you know, who had a table and a little brave little girl had to get something. But if she ate any of the grapes, we were in trouble. Right. But that's the thing is, that's like five pages instead of trying to make a whole movie out of it. Yeah. And I think all of his stories, at least the ones that I can recall, have a very similar bent to them. Mm -hmm. He always has a villain who uh, is the most evil person in the world, but also hates himself or herself in the case of uh, Jessica Chastain in Crimson Crimson Peak. Peak. Yeah. And what they that that character wants is to control things. You know, mm-hmm. and what they react, what brings their world down is the lack is losing control over the world that they have, whether it's being in control of an army, whether it's being the agent of a government, whether it's being the um, scion of a of a noble house, you know, that you have to control that's full of ghosts or whatever. Right. It's just the same thing. And then a waif is brought into that world and the right. waif encounters fairy slash fish dick slash <laughs> you know whatever yeah uh right. and it's uh, loki <laughs> and then the fruit basket upsets mm-hmm. and i just it's the same thing over and over again i know i i would have I, I think you more or less were saying this too i i would have liked for the the fairy stuff to have carried more weight for it like we don't need to know what the fawn is up to or what his end game is but but like i i would have i think i agree with you um it just doesn't lead anywhere no and the tasks do feel very separate we we've get i mean we do have real world business in between yeah but if somebody can explain to me and there's i'm probably haven't pursued the right youtube video but why are the fairies gross and why are all the why is the fawn threatening why is he eating raw meat why does he basically he's going to sacrifice her brother up until the point where right. she grabs him away and is shot to death and is having a, you know, a DHT uh, uh, enter the void, a vision of fairyland at the end mm-hmm. where the fawn's like, that was just a test. Right. There are things like that in fairy tales, I guess. But what, what is it supposed to represent except for the fact that i know that's not true because all of guillermo del toro's designs are gross you know well, if you watch chronos if you watch the aforementioned hellboy movies mm-hmm. there he just likes gross stuff yeah but he doesn't get that racist as he is his hero lovecraft had a point there's that helicopter had a wow. point yeah in 
trying to, you know, he was using like, oh, black people are scary or whatever. And so this monster uh, comes from black people's religion or, or the unknown or the void. Like he was tapping into stuff that people are, you know, you're afraid of the dark, turn off the lights and you yeah. get a little scared. Yeah. But Guillermo del Toro was like, ooh, I decide the, the monsters can't be the heroes of this. Yeah. Right. Why is, why are we rooting for the fun? He loves gross monsters. Yeah. But then he tries to put them front and center as like main characters. And I just don't think that it works the way that he thinks it does. But then no. he won an Oscar. So what do I know? Well, what, one thing that uh, the, I, I don't totally understand. So when Ophelia first sees the, 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 the first fairy, uh, it looks like a bug, which yeah. I'm totally okay with. But then she shows it a picture of a fairy in one of her books, and it somehow morphs itself to look like that. Then when we see the other fairies that are about the same size, they look like the fairy in her book. She called ahead. Is that what happened? No, I mean, it's it's supposed to add to the uncertainty of whether this is happening is this in her or head this is or her right. very her active escape. imagination. Right. And I guess, I don't know, I don't want to be an imagination cop. I don't want to tell the movie that it has to put more inserts in to explain, you know, like we see the mom's like, who are you talking to? And she's just like, oh, just my friend. And she's talking and it is the bug or whatever. Right. I, like, I don't need stuff like that. I get it. It's a thing of whimsy, but I just, I just don't find it very compelling and i don't what's the net effect here a girl is shot to death it's kind of like I know. you know what it's like guillermo goes in and he goes i've got an idea it is a 1940s franco ferry based sunset boulevard because <laughs> we start with the death yeah. yeah and then we end with the death that's yeah. me bleeding into a hole i know and, and, and the, when the soldiers find her they're like oh that's that's sad that's a sad end but they don't think like why is there a huge set of stone steps going down here? Like, do they see that? I Right. <laughs> is there anything down there? I like, guess it doesn't matter because the movie's over, but... <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, why set it up if you're not going to... Why Why are none of the other characters curious about this labyrinth? This or... is, And this is... I don't, maybe this is the... Um, it's all Spanish, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's Mexican. Maybe this is the Mexican sense of humor that I don't get. But all oh, three, man. like the three amigos, you know, um, Cuaron, uh, Inaritu, and Del Toro. I don't really like any of their stuff. Yeah. And it's because they, they, I feel like they want to tackle these things, but then they put this quote unquote whimsy mm-hmm. in. So mm-hmm. you got these weird kind of like comedic or sort of quote unquote light moments that are just jarring and I just don't think work very well. Yeah. Um, there, there is a moment in this. So she gets the, we'll talk about the fun, I guess in a minute, but she gets, Haven't this, we been to the, well, maybe we have, <laughs> she gets this magic book from the fawn where yeah. she's supposed to, it's going to appear to her. What is going it's to It's a real Harry next. Potter situation. Yeah, yeah. But she can only read it while she's alone. So she hides it in the radiator in the bathroom. Right. Fine. Whatever. Set up. Establish. Um, <laughs> Her her mother's having a really difficult pregnancy, um, and her she gets up from the bed, and her mother is making these horrible noises. Right. And instead of checking on her mother, she goes into the bathroom and looks at the book. Yeah. 
and is like, what should I do next? And the pages just go red as if the pages are going red with blood. And then she drops the book and is like, oh, maybe I should check on my mom. And I'm like, wouldn't you check on your mom first? I, I guess. I mean, uh, yeah, it didn't bother me that much, uh, but I I don't know. Um... <laughs> so is so so is magic real or not? Like the one thing that I kind of liked was because, like I said, I'm okay with the ambiguity. I just don't like the fact that the movie is sort of serving two masters. Like the fantasy never really intrudes on the real life mm-hmm. and and vice versa. It's mm-hmm. like there's two different movies going on. Kind Maybe of. I just want to watch a movie about a bunch of partisans who are hiding in the woods while a general who hates himself is basically destroying himself and his squad by making all these like cruel and horrible decisions. Right. Maybe that's the movie I want to see. Yeah. And then maybe I'll check out a a mirror mask type tale about a girl who goes to fairyland or something. Yeah. I don't see how they go together, but I I did like the ambiguity of he you know he finally gives her this piece of chalk mm-hmm. and so they lock Ophelia in the attic there's no way she could have got out of that attic no that's I like know. the one thing I was like well how did you get out of there if well, it's right. not real exactly and and then there's like the whole business that he gives her a mandrake which is somehow the mandrake root is alive it's very Harry Potter-ish except it's it's not it's crying but it's not screaming right but, but that's all super ambiguous and like the doctor we presume that the doctor, who is also a, um, a revolutionary or yes. whatever, we presume he knows what he's talking about, but maybe he doesn't. Like, it's clear that uh, that mommy is having trouble yeah. uh, at the beginning, so that's kind of a Chekhov's baby. Like, we can just assume mm-hmm. that's going to be a rough deal. Yeah. And, you know, mandrake root in a bowl of milk or no, it has no effect on anything. If that had never happened, it would be believable that she would die giving birth. Well, I and if it did happen, right. do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just it's just for chance for Guillermo del Toro to tell us that he knows what mandrakes are and to use, to be honest, a fairly convincing special effect for 2006. Yeah. Where she's not even really holding anything and it's he kind of unfolds as it gets in the bowl. Like I said, it looks cool. It I, does. I, yes, but that's not enough for me. Yeah. I, and I don't know I, why I it's enough for so many other people. And look, I'm within the sound of my voice right now at me. Mm. At K-A-1-I-B-A-N on Twitter. <laughs> I don't want to, I'm not going to, I don't want to have a fight. I just really I want you to explain to me why he has an Oscar. Yeah. Why people think he's so good. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that, that Doug Jones did a great job um, with the the movements of He was the uh, Eyeless Man and the Fun. I was going to ask about that. Yes. Okay. Uh, cool. I Which, mean. I don't mean to be a little bitch. Whoa. A little too similar you think a little too similar in their design a little bit they're both like a little bit lanky i mean he's a lanky guy but you know um um robert picardo played uh werewolf in the howling and right. he also played um meg the monster in legend you know what i mean like guys yeah. versatile right and doug jones can do more he can be a big moon that loves hamburgers <laughs> He could do more than just be two different colored lanky guys with long fingernails. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it wasn't good. I, I just, see what you're saying. It's just, you know, you could have made those, because that's where Del Toro, maybe he's drawing on real fairy tales, I don't know, but he just goes, oh, maybe there's a big frog in a tree. It's like, okay, great. Right. And it's like, um, a skinny man is sitting at a table? Yeah. <laughs> we got I mean, another skinny man, but okay. I do think that it was the... That, that he was especially creepy and he 
keeps his eyeballs on a plate in front of him. <laughs> Got him ready. He, Got like, him ready. Then he sticks them in his hands, and then he puts them on his face. That was really creepy. But they took but... two grapes. Is this to be significant? Maybe. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, recommend? Um, You're going to recommend it. Well... I don't know if you don't not recommend it because I don't like it. Um, she, she recommends it. I, I guess I recommend it. I abstain. Wow. <laughs> well, if we're alive, uh, just kidding. Uh, but we'll be back. Let's just change this to uh, riot videos. Video riot. Video riot. I think I like video riot better. But, okay. But uh, we'll be back as video riot. Oh my gosh! In the future. Oh no. It's, it's horrible. It is horrible. It's a terrible tragedy. It, it's it's not justice for George. It's not funny. Come on. Yeah, justice for George. I agree. Yeah. Um. So get on that, everybody, and we will return. Yeah, in the future. Uh, take my line, please. Uh, stay healthy and stay safe. Did you want to say it? Uh, stay healthy no, 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 and no. stay safe.